It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's the motto that we have here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or all the other podcasting platforms out there. Just be sure to rate review, and subscribe to Locked On Panthers so you don't miss a single episode of the show. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, because every single Friday, I sit here and answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions to participate in next week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag, either at me or DM me at Julian Council over on Twitter. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online where the game starts. Let's go ahead and start off with a quick update on the Carolina Panthers starting quarterback situation. As we know, Friday evening as the Panthers fell 20 to 10 against New England in preseason game number 2, we're not really all that concerned about the scoreline. The Panthers were up in New England on Tuesday and Wednesday for joint practices. That's where the majority of the starters got an opportunity to see where they stack up against Bill Belichick and that Patriots team that was in the playoffs last season. And it's a better way for the coaching staff to assess and evaluate where their team is at and where guys fit in. We found out that Iki Kwanu is a starting left tackle, but we still don't have an answer as far as who the starting quarterback is going to be week one against the Cleveland Browns. Joe Person and Jeff Howell, both from The Athletic, reported on Wednesday at the Carolina Panthers whenever they do make an announcement on the starting quarterback that they expect it to be Baker Mayfield. I've said this plenty of times. I've expected that to be the case since they traded for him back in July 6th. And a lot of folks out there who've watched Sam Donald and Baker Mayfield understand that at some point in time, the Carolina Panthers are going to name Baker Mayfield as their starting quarterback. When Matt Rule was asked about that following the Panthers preseason game where Baker and Sam and the majority of the starters did not play, he said they're still not ready to name a starting quarterback as they head into week three of the preseason Friday night, Buffalo coming to town, likely going to be the dress rehearsal as that was the case last season when the Carolina Panthers and the rest of the NFL went to a three-game preseason. So we'll see how how that factors in later on, whether there's any decision made. But as of this recording on Friday evening, I know this can be Monday's episode as well, there has been no announcement on whether Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold is going to be the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. We did not see the two of them. On Friday night, it was the Matt Corral and P.J. Walker show with P.J. getting the start on Friday night against New England. The the plan for both of the guys was for them to rotate quarters. So P.J. got the first and third quarter. Matt got the second and fourth. The idea came from Ben McAdoo, the Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator. The thought was that both of these guys are going to be backup quarterbacks. They need to be able to come in to the middle of the game 
and be ready to go. So the situation was, all right, PJ, you're going to start, but you're going to come back in the third quarter. Matt, you're going to come in the second, you're coming in the fourth, like you're coming off the bench in the middle of the game and trying to find a way to have success in the lead of the offense. And both of them weren't necessarily very good. And we'll start off with Matt Corral. The Carolina Panthers have attributed Matt Corral's poor performance on Saturday last week against the Washington Commanders as nerves. The offensive line wasn't great. You saw that when they cut Wyatt Miller, who was his left tackle that day. And Matt just did not look like he was prepared to go out there and lead that team. It also didn't help that Jack Del Rio, the defensive coordinator there in Washington, was sending out blitz packages that Matt Corral was not prepared for at all. And Matt has not played that many snaps during practice, whether it's been in training camp or this past week leading up to the preseason game. He looked a lot better on Friday night. That much is clear. He was 9 for 15, only 58 yards. He didn't move the, the ball down. The, he didn't move the team down the field. Neither really did P.J. Walker, but he seemed to be a lot more comfortable. And it's going to be a process to get Matt Corral potentially ready by next season to be the starting quarterback here in Carolina if that's what the Carolina Panthers decide to do. But in the meantime, it's getting him in situations that eventually he's going to have to face in this league, and hopefully he can excel in them. Last week we saw he was in there late in the game. Two-minute drill, try to get the team down the field, get in field goal range, and score. He didn't do a ton to help, but he didn't hurt the team as they were aided by two penalties. On Friday night, he had the same opportunity. Didn't work out as the offensive line didn't give him an opportunity, but still, Matt Corral was better. He probably should have been picked off about three times on Friday night. Luckily, he wasn't as the defenders dropped all three of those potential interceptions. We haven't seen nearly enough of Matt Corral to make any sort of a, of assessment on what his career is going to be like here in Carolina. Through two preseason games, I'm not overly impressed by what I've seen. I do like the toughness. He's had to face a very leaky offensive line, and he stood in the pocket. He's tried to get out of the pocket, too, and make plays with his legs, which he did, and pick up a first down on um, one of his first possessions when he came into the ball game, and I like to see that as well. Uh, the one concern, though, is that he did go out with a foot injury. His foot apparently was stepped on. He went in the locker room, had an x-ray. As of this recording on Friday night, I have no update there. But he did look at on his face, kind of seemed like he was in a lot of pain. And the hope that is that there's not going to be any long-term issue with his foot. Because if that's the case, that's really going to hurt his development. And I wonder if the Panthers are doing more damage than good by putting Matt Corral behind the offensive line that they put him behind with Austin Pleasance and, I mean, Dennis Daly, who's getting false start penalties. A guy who's likely not going to make the roster, but someone who's entering his fourth year in the league. You can't be picking up the kind of penalties and putting your quarterback in those situations where he's having to snap the ball inside his own end zone. Matt Corral has not been put in the best situation so far. He also hasn't looked that great, but looked a lot better on Friday than he did last week against Washington. I don't think anybody should go out there and say the Panthers made the wrong decision, that they should have drafted Sam Howell. Bailey Zappi from New England looked a little bit better than Matt Corral as well. He also got to play the, the vast majority of the game. And this was the most that we're going to see of Matt Corral this season. My guess is on Friday, the Panthers are going to have the dress rehearsal. We're going to see the ones throughout the entirety of the first half. Then P.J., I don't know if he's going to get cut or not, but P.J. will be out there for the third quarter. Then we'll see Matt Corral, and that will likely be the last of Matt Corral that we see. I'm hoping that we have seen pretty much the last of P.J. Walker as it seems that Matt Rule is trying to get P.J. Walker an audition. Why that's necessary, I truly do not understand. We know what P.J. Walker is. He is a serviceable backup 
who can come in and help your team win a game. Is he someone that you're going to trust over the course of four or five weeks to be your backup quarterback? No. And the Carolina Panthers showed that last season when they signed Cam Newton off the street to come in and be their starting quarterback after a 10-day period. That's how much they believe in P.J. Walker. I understand that Matt Rule has a relationship dating back to Temple, and this is still a relationship business. He wants to do right by P.J. I just don't see what any NFL team out there is going to learn from P.J. Walker's performance on Friday night that they did not already know. P.J. can go out there and make good throws. He can also, which he typically has done when he started against Detroit in 2020 and last season against Arizona, he's going to give one away to the other team. On Friday night, he gave away three, including two in his final two possessions where he was backed up against the goal line, fumbled, which ended up being a touchdown for New England, and in his final drive, threw an interception. Don't really know if that matters all that much. It's late minute you're just trying to find a way to get down the field gets picked off but earlier on he did throw another pick so that's three turnovers for PJ Walker who's an okay backup not a great backup an okay backup but someone who's obviously on his way out of Carolina and I again I don't know what value any NFL team got by watching PJ Walker on Friday night so I'm sure we'll see PJ again next Friday against Buffalo tonight though it seemed all that unnecessary Fine if you want to play the first half. But after that, I wanted to see more Matt Corral. But if they're going to play Matt Corral again, please, especially if the foot is possibly, and hope that that's not the case for a young rookie who needs to come in here and get as many on-field reps as he can this upcoming season. So if he needs to be the starter next year, if he needs to be in a competition, that he is prepared. He can't do that if he's injured. But they're going to put him back out there. Give him a chance. Because so far through the first two preseason games, Matt Carr really has not been giving much of a chance to succeed in that offense. So that's my hope if we do see Matt Corral moving forward. Now, the other rookie for the Carolina Panthers that we spent a lot of time talking about is Ike Aquanu. On Tuesday, he was officially named the starting left tackle for the Carolina Panthers. He and Brady Christensen were among the few starters who did play on Friday night, and it was kind of a rough outing for Icky. Why we should not be all that concerned, I'll tell you about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. BetOnline.net is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We didn't see the vast majority of the Carolina Panthers starters on Friday night in their second preseason game up in Foxborough against the New England Patriots, but we did get to see 
the sixth overall pick at NC State, Iki Iquanu, playing left tackle. And right there next to him was a third-round pick out of BYU a year ago and who should now be the starting left guard, Brady Christensen, so that Iki would be allowed to get used to playing next to Brady, which is one of the good things that the Panthers have actually done. We sat here and we talked about why is Icky not getting an opportunity to be with the ones? Why are we dragging this out? Clearly, Icky's going to be the starting left tackle. The Panthers didn't draft him sixth overall to sit back there and not be the guy there at some point in the season. I wasn't sure whether he would start week one or week two. I didn't know. But eventually, I knew that Icky Iquanu would be that guy. I'm happy that Matt Rule came out and said that Icky would be the starter. The one thing they did at least do right by him was they kept him at left tackle. They didn't move him around the left guard. They didn't put him at right guard. They didn't put him at right tackle. They let him learn one position. And far too often in the NFL, especially on the offensive line, like you look at Cade Mays. Cade Mays played right guard and center once again, and the versatility is great. Brady Christensen a year ago. How many positions did he play? He had to play left tackle. He played right tackle. He probably played, I think, left guard or right guard at some point in time. Played every position except for center. And that's why the Panthers value him, but it makes it harder to adjust to the league when you don't get the opportunity to learn just one position. And Icky is a left tackle. He's hopefully going to be the long-term left tackle here in Carolina. With that, though, are going to be some growing pains. And we saw that Friday night as Icky, on one possession, gave up back-to-back sacks. Um, sacks excuse me. Uh, Dietrich Wise and Josh Uche both beat Icky to get to P.J. Walker, and Steve Smith Sr. on the broadcast was talking about this is a learning moment for Icky, and it's good that he's out there so that he can get through these growing pains now, so hopefully come week one against Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney and the Browns, he doesn't struggle like he did. But this is just the reality of starting a left tackle that's a rookie. Icky Iquanu is going to have growing pains during the season. He's going to give up sacks. He's going to have bad games. That's just reality. It's the NFL. He played in the ACC. He was a good player. He certainly got to play against good defensive linemen, especially Clemson every single year. There's talented players that come out of the ACC, just like there's talented players that come out of the SEC. Not at the sure amount, like in the Southeastern Conference, but Ike Iquanu played against good college talent. It's different. We saw last week. Montez Sweat got the best of him. Fortunately, Sam Darnold hung in there, was able to hit Hollywood Higgins for that touchdown, but we didn't saw today. Dietrich Weiss, a very good player, also from the SEC, mind you, made a play. Josh Uche made a play. I'm sure Miles Garrett is going to get the best of Icky at points and times, and he is going to be the favorite. When you look at the matchup, I would say that Garrett's going to have a much better day than Icky Iquanu. I'm not going to say that Icky's doomed to fail come week one, but it's better that he's out there than if he's not. And I'm happy that Matt Rule had him out there on Friday night so that he can get prepared. Next week, he's going to have to see, I'm sure, um, Vaughn Miller in the Buffalo Bills pass rush. How is he going to adjust to them? Because had he not gotten that opportunity, then he would have been set up for failure. And the fact that the Panthers have him now as a starter, he's getting opportunities week, I mean, day in and day out to go against Brian Burns, who I think can be a pro bowler again this year and is about to get a massive contract Next offseason in 2023, that helps him. Getting to see Montez Sweat in live reps helps him. To see Dietrich Wise and Josh Uche, that helps. And it also helps that he has Brady Christensen, who's going to be next to him all season long, hopefully there, at left guard. It helps that he has him there when he's playing in this game, that he's not playing with Michael Jordan, that he's not playing with a Cade Mays or a Deontay Brown, that he's playing with the player 
who's going to be with him as a starter on this offensive line throughout the season. Now, there were some good. We did see him get the pancake block, and that's one of the things we talk about, Icky being a tone setter. That's what Scott Fitterer said when they drafted him, that they wanted to have Icky, especially for the run game. It's going to take some time at pass pro. Like, run blocking, a lot easier than pass protection. And Icky, it's, he's going to come along. I'm not concerned about him. I'm just going to ask Panther fans out there, like with the decision, have some patience. Eventually, we're going to get there. Now that he's there, this is what you wanted. Be patient. Allow him to grow. Allow him to make mistakes. It might be rough at points in time. If he has a bad year this year, it is what it is. The projection is for Ricky to be the long-term left tackle. I think he'll be just fine. On Friday night, he didn't look great. But that happens. It's football. They get paid to. In due time, Ricky Aquanu, I think, will be a very solid player at left tackle for the Carolina Panthers. And that could be this upcoming season in 2022. One other observation I saw on the offensive line, something I've talked about with y'all. I'm looking at the offensive line, trying to figure out who the nine linemen are going to be. Looking at the first team, it get left tackle, Brady Christensen, then Pat Elfline right now with Bradley Bozeman being out with that ankle injury, probably out for week one. Then right guard, Austin Corbett, right tackle, Taylor Moten. Then you add in Bozeman, that's six players. Um, Cam Irving, he'll be out there as a swing tackle. That's a seventh player. Looks like Michael Jordan's also going to be on the roster. So that's the eight. It's going to come down to me, to Dennis Daly, who really, he was out there playing the fourth quarter. That shows you where this team values him at this point in time. And he was making mistakes with the false start that backed up the team and Matt Corral further, further in the end zone. He didn't do a great job blocking. So Dennis Daly's not going to be on the roster. It really comes down to Cade Mays and Deontay Brown. And we didn't see a lot of Deontay Brown until the third quarter on Friday night. Cade Mays was in there. Once um, Matt Corral came in, he was in at right guard while Cam Irving was at left tackle. Michael Jordan was at left guard, and Sam Tecklenburg was playing center, and Dennis Daly was staying, playing right tackle. Then later on, when Irving went out with an injury with, to his elbow, he later came back. Cade Mays was still in there, and Austin Pleasance came in to play a right tackle when, with Dennis Daly moving over to the left side to play left tackle. Did not see Brown until he came later into the game to play left guard. And then Mays moved over to play center. Like Cade Mays has gotten to play right guard and center. And he's gotten more snaps through the first two preseason games than Deontay Brown. I think his versatility, as we've already seen with Brady Christensen and when they decided to sign Cam Irving and Pat Elfline as the first two free agents back there in the 2021 offseason, that is something that they value. And Cade Mays provides that. I've already said this before. We sit and complain, at least Panther fans do, about the Panthers' choice there in the sixth round by taking Thomas Fletcher, the long snapper, who would have got beat out last year, was stowed on season-ending IR, does get beat out this past year again by J.J. Jansen for the long snapper spot. Folks like to complain about him and that the Panthers not taking Trey Smith. They took a guard in that draft. That guard was Deontay Brown. And Deontay Brown is not going to make this roster. That much is very clear to me at this point in time, just looking at how much Cade Mays played. And, and Deontay Brown's played right guard before. He did last season on the road week 18 against Tampa Bay. Clearly, this coaching staff at this point in time values Cade Mays over him and Dennis Daly. Deontay Brown, I hate to say it, it's unfortunate. I know a lot of y'all were excited about him and the hope that a 350-pounder could be your long-term guard, especially when you looked at how bad John Miller was last year and Elfline when he had to play in that situation, and even Michael Jordan, it does not look like it's going to be the case that Deontay Brown is on this roster much longer here in Carolina. I don't think it'll be a part of the cutdowns from 85 to 80, which the Panthers got to get to by 4 p.m. Eastern 
on Tuesday afternoon. But the following Tuesday, I think Deontay Brown will be given his walking papers. My hope, though, is that he clears waivers. He can be on the practice squad because he's still somebody who the Carolina Panthers should want to have in their on their roster as far as the practice squad and some they can still develop. But as far as where his development is right now, it looks like he's a little bit behind the six-round pick from this past year's draft, Cade Mays, out of Tennessee. Now, there's some other players that stood out, and one in particular with all the injuries that we've had at wide receiver, but also in the secondary, this player made a big play, and I'm liking the rookie out of Penn State. We'll talk about that, the players that got held out, and give a quick injury update from Friday night's 20-10 to 10 loss in New England in preseason game number two in just a moment here on Locked On Panthers. So you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think about calling for a ride. Nah, if you live nearby, you can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? Even if you do, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, kill someone everyone knows about the risks of drinking and driving the results are tragic and often deadly however that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence that's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives so if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks think again play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride it only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever Drive sober or get pulled over. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. There was a laundry list of players who did not play in Friday night's preseason game against the New England Patriots, all thanks to the Panthers taking part in two days of joint practices with New England. And uh, Taylor Zarzer and Steve Smith, who were on the Panthers preseason broadcast, talked about how they had a practice the other day where it was about two and a half hours, and the offense and defense got in 85 snaps, which is basically a full game. So the starters got a, a lot of reps, got to play more situational football. Scott Fitterer was also on the broadcast uh, during the third quarter for a period of time. Matt Rule spoke about it after the game, how beneficial it was for his team to get away, to really get close. And he told one of the reporters, hey, go talk to guys like um, J.J. Jansen and Shaq Thompson to see just how close this team is right now and how much they benefited from those two days, Tuesday and Wednesday with New England. I, I questioned just the amount of fighting that was going on. Like, how much work is really getting done here? We're seeing guys like Robbie Anderson – have an injury, Terrace Marshall, who Matt Rule, in a way, called out Terrace Marshall. I don't think he really called him out personally, but he said, like, we need to get Terrace back practicing. When he was practicing, he was playing really well, but he has not been available for the better part of the last two weeks, and that has me concerned as Terrace Marshall came in to training camp as the number three wide receiver. And you've had guys like Hollywood Higgins, who I think has solidified his spot on the roster, and someone like Shai Smith, who Matt Rule also said has had a really good camp. And I'm looking at the wide receivers as well. Brandon Zilcher is one who was out with a hamstring, and he's been a key special teams player. Shai Smith had decent punt return, looked really good last week in that preseason game with 
Baker in that opening drive with the two third-down receptions. I feel like he should be on the roster. It's hard for me to look at this roster right now and not see Shai Smith on it. A week ago, I probably would have told you Brandon Zilstra, but at this point in time, following two preseason games and following joint practices, I would say that Shai Smith is likely going to be that sixth wide receiver as apparently Andre Roberts is going to be on the roster as a returner. It does surprise me. I think he might be able to get more special teams-wise out of Zilstra and Shai Smith than having Roberts, who's 34, an aging player. He has been an all-pro before in the National Football League. I just don't know what you're going to get out of him outside of just a return game and how valuable is a return game nowadays in the NFL. You get so many touchbacks. Um, The NFL has talked about how they want to abolish kickoffs. Panthers issues um, during the joint practices really started off with the the kickoff drill. It wasn't live. It was stud, but there were some problems. Like with Kenny Robinson, who he caught a cheap shot from uh, Ference, the offensive lineman from New England um, on Friday night, which was not surprising at all considering how the Patriots felt about how things uh, played out earlier this week. I just look at Shai Smith, and I just don't see how they don't keep this man on the roster. You invested in him by drafting in the fifth round a year ago. He had his moments whenever he was healthy last season, especially that long reception against Atlanta. He's looked good so far. I would rather have him and maybe Zilstra than have Andre Roberts just to fair catch at punts. I mean, come on. What, what, what are we doing here? Uh, but the rundown, here's here's a list of players in case you uh, were wondering who did not play if you did not check out the game. And I told y'all, do not, especially once I found out it was only me twos and threes. I was I hope a lot of y'all did not spend your Friday night watching this game. That's why I'm here. That's why you listen to the podcast, so I can keep you um, up to date what's going on with your Carolina Panthers. Um, here's the list. DJ Moore did not play. Robbie Anderson, Jack Thompson, as we know, still on pup. Brandon Zilster with the hamstring. Andre Roberts, Jeremy Chin, Christian McCaffrey, C.J. Henderson, Xavier Woods, Dante Jackson, Frankie Louvu, Isaiah Graham Mobley, the uh, rookie UDFA out of Boston College, Brian Burns, Corey Littleton, Damian Wilson, Bradley Bozeman, who's injured with the ankle, Pat Elfline, Austin Corbett, Taylor Moten, Ian Thomas, C.J. Saunders, Colin Thompson, Josh Babbitts, a lot of tight ends, by the way, right there. Um, Terrace Marshall, Daryl Johnson, Derek Brown, Etor Grossmatos, Matt Ioannidis, and then J.C. Horn was slated to start he went through warm-ups. Matt Rule wanted him to do that, and a lot of the ones went through warm-ups as well. Baker Mayfield wore his pads throughout the entire game, so did Sam Darnold. They were never going to play. Uh, Christian McCaffrey went through the whole warm-up. Uh, I think it makes sense in a way to go through that routine of getting prepared for the game, even if you're not going to play. Uh, so I don't have really any issues with that. Um, but J.C. Horn was likely going to play, but then they realized they are going to be fine with Keith Taylor and both Stan Thomas Oliver being out there to start at corner. So J.C. got the day off, and I don't know if he was even happy about that. I know J.C. has been chomping at the bit to get out there and to be able to play more, and the hope is we'll get to see him on uh, next Friday night against the Buffalo Bills. So that's how what the breakdown was for guys that were held out on Friday. Um, a couple of injuries that did occur. Spencer Brown was carted off with an ankle injury. Uh, looked very similar to what Chris McCaffrey had back in 2020 in week two against uh, Tampa Bay. It's something that you see a lot of times when these offensive players get tackled low, and that's how the league has dictated the rules. They don't want to hit, get these guys hit high. Um, a lot, you would listen to a lot of players probably would say they would rather take a head injury than they would take – an ankle injury, because that's going to keep them out for an extended period of time. And Spencer Brown was having a really good camp um, by all accounts from the coaching staff and all the reporters, and it looks like he uh, might be on a shelf, and I don't think he was going to make the roster. Maybe he'd be a practice squad guy, but tough break for him. Amari Barno, who looked really good last year, or last week, excuse me, against um, Washington, uh, had a few flashes 
Also on Friday night, he went out with a hamstring. Then Justin Burris um, went out with a rib injury as he's the backup safety here in Carolina after starting the last two uh, years. Uh, two guys that really stood out to me uh, when we look at the Carolina Panthers is Tay Hayes out of App State. All I've heard so far is that he's been making plays during practice. And he made a play with the pick six off of Bailey Zappi on Friday night. 50-yard touchdown return on that pick six. App State guy. You know anything about App State, they got a great culture. And they've had plenty of players come out, go to the NFL, and make rosters. I don't know if Tay Hayes is going to have a major impact anywhere where he plays, but considering that he's been making plays so far here in Carolina, makes a big one. And he's a player who has taken advantage of his opportunity. He's here because Rashawn Melvin retired uh, during the second day of training camp. He decided he wasn't going to come down here. He was done, which is totally fine. And the Panthers had to add another corner. That corner ended up being Duke Dawson. But Duke Dawson, he's had his injury issues. Keith Taylor's had injury issues. That entire secondary, as we know, Jason Horn as well, that cornerback room has been banged up, which led them to bring in Tay Hayes so they could have enough bodies. And Tay Hayes has taken full advantage of that right now. At the very least, he's got to be a practice squad guy. I still don't think he's going to make the roster. I'm looking at it. I already talked about the top three, CJ, JC, Dante. I think Keith Taylor, who was just okay, had five tackles on Friday night. He gave it the long uh, reception that led to, I think, a touchdown um, for New England. There was uh, Nelson Aguilar. He was right there in coverage. Just didn't get his, his hand up. Did, did not contest. And I, was, I, had, I took issue with that. because You, you got to do something because that's a play I think he could have made. He needs to be, be able to make that kind of play. I still think Keith Taylor's in a good spot. But, hey, Tay Hayes, maybe he comes out there and steals his position. I, I think the final man on the roster, as far as the secondary goes, will be Miles Mar- Hartsfield, who started at safety on Friday night. But Tay Hayes has made a really good case for himself through the last couple weeks, and especially on Friday night with that pick six. The other player who I'm liking a lot is Brandon Smith. The starter at linebacker, especially in the middle of this year, is going to end up being Damian Wilson. We're going to see a lot of Corey Littleton. Those guys are only signed. Well, Wilson's on a two-year deal, but it's really only one-year deal, as I've told you all how to look at contracts. And if he's just okay, Brandon Smith has shown a ton so far. And Matt Rule was talking about him as well as someone he can't wait to watch the tape on and break down more of what he did. He had a sack on Friday night, was disrupted last week, was all over the field again on Friday. I think that he's someone who maybe could end up being that linebacker next to Shaq Thompson next year. We don't know what the future holds at that position. We have Damian Wilson for this year, maybe next. Corey Littleton's only signed for this season. But they're not good enough. Brandon Smith has shown enough to this point where I'm starting to think that he might be a player. He's a good athlete. Scott Federer talked about him as well when he was in the booth with uh, Taylor Zarzer and uh, Steve Smith Sr. He's someone that I could see absolutely being a starting linebacker for the Carolina Panthers one day. And it, it could even be this upcoming season. I, I don't think it's going to be the case because of the contracts that they signed with Damian Wilson. But next year, if he continues to play like he's played so far, he has an opportunity to be a really solid player on this defense moving forward. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, guys, make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. And be sure to check us out wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts or Spotify or all the rest out there. Just make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of Locked On Panthers. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me at Julian Council to participate in this week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag. In the meantime, as this was Friday night, 
Enjoy your weekend. Um, if you are checking this out on Monday, I'll talk to you on Tuesday. But either way, stay safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I will talk to you all on Tuesday. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.